Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And fine, do you think it's is spring here? Is, is summer about to come? What, what's going on with the weather? My gosh, this last week we had a couple frost events. In fact, what was that? Saturday through Monday of this last week, we had frost warnings. In fact, if you're part of our garden club, you got an, an email and a Facebook and an Instagram post. Instagram's kind of clunky for notices or, or a garden alerts, but Facebook's very good. And of course, email is very good. So we were monitoring the weather really closely. Of course, we've got a lot of inventory, hundreds of thousands of dollars of plants, thousands of, of trees and shrubs and perennials and vegetables and herbs. And I don't want to lose them just because it got cold one night. And so we've got greenhouses up and we closed things, buttoned things up. We covered things with sheets uh, late on Saturday. And so we were hoping we wouldn't have to do that. It's a lot of work to cover two acres of plants. I just potted up or, or rooted out the uh, hanging baskets that will be hung in downtown Prescott here this, this weekend. They're going up. And so they're freshly potted. I did not. They were looking so good. They're perfect. I want to make all the downtown merchants super proud of, of the baskets that are hanging hang up and bloom all season long. The last thing I wanted was to have frost take take out some of them. And so we covered them all up with sheets and protective, watered things really well. And then uh, real late, kind of that evening, I got home and I went, oh, dang it. I forgot to let our garden club members know. There's like 10,000 of you that are kind of part of our newsletter, kind of track videos. We shoot, here's what's blooming today. Here's here's how you grow tomatoes when it's time to grow tomatoes. Here's how you get lilacs to rebloom. Here's how you get roses to rebloom. Here's a summer. Here's some ground covers for the whatever's timely and, and, and appropriate for that season. We put together garden column or videos. Well, another benefit of that program is I'll let people know going, oh, we're worried here at the garden center. We think you should be worried too. Here's what to do to protect your plants from frost. And so we did start to see frost damage late Sunday and then Monday. So things got burned. So what happens is you get your tomatoes or your peppers or, or basil starting to grow or those new zinnias that you put out to whatever it is, a new growth is coming. Then they get cold. Some plants have a lot of antifreeze in them. And so they don't mind the cold. They're going, I don't care. I like the cold. Bring it on. In fact, I'll bloom more when it's cold. Some plants have zero antifreeze. And so if they even look at that plant cold, if it's under 50 degrees, they start to get damaged. They slow down. And so you're seeing some black leaves show up on the top of your plants. That's only one thing. That's frost damage. So if you see that, you can usually prune your way out of that. So just pick off those damaged leaves. And as the frost kind of comes and lights on top of that plant, usually it's just the top of the plant gets burned. If it gets bad enough, you folks on the ridgelines, 
Uh, you're in a, let's say, down towards a valley, a, a, a dry wash. That cold air settles and starts running down the washes, and things that are closer to that at the low end of a neighborhood can get colder. You'll feel that as you walk up and down a neighborhood. You'll feel the temperature changes as you go up and down streets. That's what's happening. And so if those plants got damaged, usually you can pick those off. Or if it's damaged enough, it gets damaged all the way back to the roots. It's not coming back, folks. I mean, it's just call it. You plant it a little bit too early and it's all over. I had some folks going, yeah, but I planted after Mother's Day. It's it's what's going on here? I'm going, well, Mother's Day is the 100-year average. 100 years of data at lands on May 8th, exactly here in Prescott. I think it's May 10th for you folks in Prescott Valley. And I, I think it's about that for Chino Valley. I don't track you folks in Payson and Kingman and all the other areas, but it fluxes that first week in May plus or minus a couple weeks. That's 100 years of data. That means 50 of those years, it was the end of April. The other 50 of those years, it was the end of May. Well, this year, it's the end of May. And so it just caught us. So if you're, if you're watching your weather or you're part of the Garden Club, this is a benefit to track, to like the Facebook page on, on, for Waters Garden Center. And when we make a post like that, it'll come up and it'll just go, oh, frost alert. Here's what to do. Had a video on how to cover things, uh, what, what to cover with. So you really don't use plastics when you're trying to keep cold off. Sometimes plastic does more damage than less. So you want a breathable material like burlap or sheets or, or blankets or hats of all things. That someone post a, a picture going, oh, look, I took care of my plants. They just took their hat collection and threw it over top of their plants. Hilarious how creative gardeners are. That's, that's awesome. So anyway, that's just that's what's going on. Windstorms, cold, uh, frost damage, and now it's beautiful. So if you did get a little damage, the roots that are remaining, they will come back with a vengeance. They'll just really, uh, some of our crepe myrtles, they were looking so good. They were flushing fast new growth, starting to bud up. Well, crepe myrtles, they do not like spring. They like summer. They want it to be 100 degrees out. And they're just happy as can be. Hotter. Take a blow dryer to them. If it's 100 and you put a blow dryer, they just go, oh, I'm going to bloom even more for you. So they like the heat. They don't like the cold. And so they got zipped on top of the plant. Big, bushy, five-gallon plants. These are glorious. They're beautiful. We just trimmed them up real quick, gave them a haircut, fertilized them. Uh, we actually fertilized them with, with flower power is what we used on ours. It's a water-soluble uh, fertilizer we make here at the garden center and they will flush super fast off to set new flower buds and new leaf buds but they'll do that really quickly because now the soil's warm it's warming up faster and they've got that full root structure to take in all those nutrients and just push that new leaf growth and so it, it'll happen fast so if you had some damage fertilize them and they'll come out of it pretty quick. Pick off that damaged leaves and you you should be good to go pretty fast. So uh, another one, if you've got other dead stuff, if it went right back to the ground though, it, man, I hate to tell you this, it's probably not going to come back. That's the same way with some of your drought damage stuff. I'm seeing a lot of folks shooting me pictures, bringing in samples. It's like a parade at the guards, little baggies of damaged things or photos of their dead Italian cypress or juniper or evergreen spruce whatever uh, if, if it's dead at this point 
if it's got dead branches, cut those things back. That's called winter burn or winter kill. And so through the winter, it got dry. And then there was a cold event. And again, that antifreeze I mentioned when we started the program out. That antifreeze is pushed up through the structure of that plant as long as it's hydrated. If it gets dry, it, it, it can't push that antifreeze up, and so it will sacrifice the outer tips and try to keep the core of that plant alive. If it gets bad enough, it'll actually push right back down to the ground. So I'm seeing a lot of examples of evergreens where only the very bottom layer is alive. The rest of the whole top is dead. That top is not going to come back at this point. You just got to commit to cutting it back. And so if you've got maple trees or aspens or fruit tree, whatever it is, you've got dead branches right now, cut those off, fertilize what's left. So I'm seeing lots of cores of plants starting to push new leaves, fertilize it, water it real deep and encourage what's left, what's going to really grow fast. The problem with evergreens is they don't, they don't do that. That's more your deciduous things or, or leafy types of plants they'll tend to come back stronger, either from a sucker at the base or from the core, the main branch structure. Evergreens, it might take decades for it to actually recover from that. Now, maybe I'll have time to... What happened was it's been dependent on those drip systems. So the drip kept the very bottom base alive, but, but there wasn't enough moisture through the winter to keep the top section alive. And so you're seeing a lot of tops die out of things. Those tops, cut them off. And then if you like what's left, fertilize it and get it to grow. If you don't like what's left, pull it out of the ground. And I know where you can buy a new one, Waters Garden Center. Uh, anyway, that's I hate to tell you, folks, but it's time to call it on some of these plants that got winter burned. We've got, we've got a lot of questions coming in store. Lisa Waters Lane coming in right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Waters' companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back. Lisa Waters Lane's in the studio here to answer your garden questions. So uh, welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So um, the internet went down this week. 
Sunday. I think it was last week. Yeah, like yeah. It totally went down like for the day. And retailers, you got a computer system. You're using, I mean, like credit cards. We processed, I don't know, a thousand credit cards no, with no internet. So we broke out the old, remember the old uh, knuckle busters? Mm-hmm. Put the card in, slide this big uh, slide over the card. It kind of imprints it, slide it back. And have but the you people... know what's different now? What? You remember the old cards had the raised numbers? Oh, yeah. Did you do that? Oh, New cards don't have You're raised numbers. Hitting me. <laughs> I got it. So you can't use the knuckle buster anymore. You actually have to write it all down. Well, there we go. What we yeah. found was it was a rocking day. Sunday, yes. the internet went down and people came in and gone, well, the internet went down. We thought we'd go to the garden center. <laughs> and by the time we get back, we're hoping it'll be up again. So we saw an increase in sales. Mm-hmm. Just because gardeners were out uh, from behind their screens and, and yeah. in the gardens. <laughs> it was nice. It was a good day. Good day. It was a good day. Yeah, yeah. nice sunny day. Mm-hmm. So, garden question. Anything going on that's super, super interesting besides <laughs> bugs, death, and decay? I well, want to inspire people. That's true. We did have a few people uh, had put out their tender tomatoes and peppers yeah. and... A few people kind of had some black tomatoes and peppers. And the question of the day has been, will they come back? Um, I sort of answered that the first part of the the, the show. But yeah, I mean, pick off the dead leaves. Mm -hmm. Fertilize them. I'd really fertilize them with the flower power or or root grow if you got some of that. These are a couple organic kind of fertilizer you could throw in there to really wake them up fast. Or they'll keel over dead you'll know really quick but at least get them to decide <laughs> don't sit there for three weeks yeah. while you they decide whether they're going to grow or not you, as a gardener you need to make the call and just i, I'm, I want to wait for this to come out or right. i don't want to wait i want tomatoes like before november mm-hmm. uh, yeah because our season really isn't dramatically long so you got to make hay while the sun shines you want to make hay there you go. Or, tomatoes, or tomatoes if they got nipped by the frost right well, Tom does have a question. So he's got a big piece of property, and he said the red ants are just taken yeah. over in the yard. How do yeah. you take care of those guys? So red ants are a challenge, and they're actually easy, uh, especially the big ant hills. Uh, what, what you want to do is that queen is underneath. you got to go for the queen. If you get the queen, you got the whole colony because they just die out. Mm-hmm. And so, But the queen is about three, four feet underneath the ground. So you need to put a bait down that... The, 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 the other ants will pick up, take down and go, look, I found this special nugget of morsel just for you. Here, eat, feast, and be happy. And she goes, I'm not so happy after eating this. Take keels over. And then once that happens, the, the ants just die from attrition. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a product here at the garden center called Come and Get It. Come and Get It is a, it's an organic I think it's spinosad. It is. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. spinosad. It's a fancy new bacterial thing that they feed, and they, they get sick to it. So it's like a viral. You're infecting a virus into the colony, and it just goes to the colony. And so come and get it, sprinkles it on, and if a bird eats it, not going to hurt them. Your dogs get it on their paws and then lick their paws, not going to hurt them. So it just goes after very selective ants, not big ants, not not just the red ones, okay. well, not the carpenter ants, not the little tiny ants that get in your closets and this kind of stuff. Just red ants, highly highly effective. So if you got other kinds of ants, come talk to us. We can show you which one's best for that ant. 
But for red ants around, which are active right now, yeah. come and get it, obliterates them. So it's not an instantaneous death. They're not going to disappear tomorrow. It does take a couple days. A few days. Yeah, a couple days. You'll see some dead ants right away. Mm-hmm. But for the entire colony, including all of the, I have noticed, so when we were in Skull Valley, I was using this, and had lots of ant hills out on the farm. Um, every once in a while, they would come back in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think what that was, the eggs, they take out the colonies, but then the eggs would hatch a few few days later. They'd finally mature and come out. So I'd see them come back. Sometimes I'd have to rebate maybe a couple weeks afterwards. Not always. I would think right now you're catching them early enough. You wouldn't have to, but just okay. something to be aware of. Personal experience, okay. kind of what hurts, what what works. Okay, because those red ants are nasty. They, they can bite, bite you and really yeah. leave a mark, they yeah. Can. So Elaine has a five-year-old autumn blaze maple. It started to leaf out this year, but it only leafed towards the trunk. Yeah. She wants to know what happened. Is there yeah. a way to save it? So so it's saved because it's growing. That's good. Um, it's just the heart of it. It's just alive. So those dead branches coming out, uh, extending, the only way to get past that is to prune off those old branches that were damaged by winter. They got, it got dry. And so it, it, it self-pruned itself back to keep the core alive, the heart of the plant alive. And so you'll cut those off, fertilize it, water it real deep, and encourage that new growth to really, you want to push for, for autumn blaze maple with a massive root structure, you should be able to push three, four, five feet of growth this year. Just If you just encourage it, okay. it'll grow its way past that. And so that one's encouraging. There's some alive. Some of them have actually reset down to the ground. And the suckers are coming down right from the base. That sucker is coming up. There, there's no way you've lost the plant. Just It's it's worthy of a chainsaw. <laughs> Start over. So anyway. Yeah, a lot of that happening this year. That's just when it's just drought. A drought year and you haven't tweaked or, or, or tuned up your irrigation. That will happen. That is true. All right. Lori would like to put a rose tree into a pot. Nice. She wants to know what size pot she needs and how frequently will she need to water that rose? I have noticed, Lori, you're not allowed to use the word pot on the internet <laughs> or Facebook because oh, they'll take it right down off the off the feed. So you're container. Container. What size <laughs> container? Not what size pot can I grow? Oh. Uh, anyway, just personal experience again. <laughs> Kind of what I found. Um, Who would have a rose bush you can grow for many, many years in a, in a good sized pot. Now, with Container. containers, yeah, <laughs> thank you, dear. You always make me better. Um, you keep me honest. You make me an honest man. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, get an ant crawling out of your face. Got it. I know. Hey, anyway. Only the people on the watching the video can see that. If people on tuned in from the radios, they don't they don't see what's going on. I'm just amused. She's got ants coming out of her hair. This big gold hair. Anyway, uh, where were we at? Uh, yeah, Lori. Uh, uh, so a rose. I would say go at least minimum 18 inch size across and deep. If you can go 20, 24 inch, bigger pot the better. And it's all about the soil quantity. Doesn't matter the shape. It could be a tall. A skinny pot or or a low fat kind of squatty pot you just want at least that kind of soil volume at least a foot and a half by a foot and a half of potting soil 
Uh, it will grow a, a rose for many, many years, even a bigger rose. I would say up to a, a hybrid tea, a floribunda, uh, many of the uh, shrub roses, mm -hmm. even the carpet roses. If it's a really big, if you want to grow a vining type climbing rose, you want to trend towards the bigger size of that, 24 inches across. Mm -hmm. And then if you're going to water midwinter, if you water that pot, especially if a cold front's coming through, and before the cold gets here, water that container, and it will help that plant go right through like it was nothing. You don't have to cover it. You don't have to bring it close to the house. You can just leave it right out there. A rose bush is really robust. Uh, it just makes sure you water it midwinter, and it will grow for decades. We've got some that are... Mm -hmm. ancient i mean i'm starting to get bored with them going it's time for you guys to go i want a yellow one instead of a red rose mm -hmm. so that's that's the size come and see us we just got a fresh load our summer mix of pottery just came in we can help you select show you the right size mm -hmm. and that goes with your plant mm -hmm. i think we got time for another quick one so dan would like to know if you can put a kimberly queen fern outside for the summertime you can put a fern outside this is a house plant for it, it's a tropical indoor plant, uh, but yeah, you can go outside. No, no sun, so a covered patio, covered porch, covered deck, where it's warm but not direct sun. Maybe a little morning sun would be fine, but that midday heat that's gonna make a fern that likes a more humid kind of climate gonna make it struggle. So yeah, bring it out, keep it in the shade, and it will thrive for you. All right, Ken and Lisa Lane, great question this week. Be right back. You're talking to the mountain. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Oh no! My pine trees look terrible! Never fear! Plant Protector is here! Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I had ended the first segment with why some plants have died back. And you're seeing this through your neighborhood. But I, I think... I, I, in between the, the break here, I thought, hey, yeah, I should really try to explain that better. What, what happens is, and, and we're coming into June, where we're going to get hot. So this, this June month is actually the most difficult gardening month in the mountains of Arizona because it's dry, it's hot, and typically windy. 
with brand new growth coming out of your new plants, or your old plants, just brand new growth. And so that, that combo, you just want to keep things alive through June. Pray for rain. We need the monsoons to come. Looking at the cloud cover, looking at the flow coming out of Mexico, it looks like it could be a good monsoon. We'll see. It typically hits the end of June, July sometime. But in the interim, you just need to keep those plants healthy. Here's why some of those plants got damaged last winter. You put a plant into the ground and you put it on a drip system, an irrigation system, or you've got your water well around that. You use your hose and fill that up around the base of the plant. As the plant grows, it's pushing roots out way beyond the drip system, way beyond that water basin that you had. It can go out yards out into the yard. It's creeping towards the lawn and the flower beds and other drip irrigation around the yard. And so when we have a real dry year, all you have is that drip irrigation and all those roots that were formed way out there over the decades, there's no moisture from the rain from nature, which is really how, what takes care of plants. Your drip irrigation is simply a, a lifeline to get it through the rain events. And so we didn't have monsoons last year. And so it, that plant was totally dependent on your drip system. Well, if you've not tuned up your drip system over the decades, those emitters are still right there at the base of that plant. Well, as a plant matures, those feeder roots that were right there at the base, they now turn into big, chunky, barky, uh, kind of anchoring roots. Anchoring roots are kind of like big, big trunks coming down from the base of this tree. You don't really see this, but it's just big. It's holding that tree upright in a windstorm. It keeps it from blowing over. The feeder roots, the real fine hairs, very fine white roots, those are the ones that pick up the water and the foods. Well, well as that plant grows, those feeder roots go further and further out the drip line or the outer branches. They kind of mirror the outer branches of a plant. So if you're still watering right at the base of that plant where all the anchoring roots are, there's no more feeder roots there, just big barky roots that don't pull water up. Um, and then we get a real dry event. Uh, yeah, that branch, that root structure it can take in a lot of moisture, but if we don't get that monsoon rains, it doesn't, can't pick anything up. And so it's dependent more and more and more on that drip system. And so all that's left that's alive is the very base where it first started to grow way back years ago, that drip emitter is keeping just that little section alive. But those outer branches, the outer root system, the, the drip line, if it's not, if you haven't adjusted those emitters further out, to feed those new root hairs. That's where you should be fertilizing. That's where you should be watering, not at the base of a plant, but out towards the drip line so that you can keep a plant healthy when it's really dry. And so those folks that didn't adjust their irrigation, the tops of their plants died out. Those that did adjust, they actually tweaked or tuned up their irrigation they actually, their plants are looking good. They're healthy. They're strong. And so that's where they're fertilized. You can tell folks that care for their plants. You can just walk down a road. I can drive down at 20 miles an hour down your down your neighborhood and go, yep, they're a gardener. Yep, they're taking care of their stuff. Oh, that's got to be a rental. Oh, my gosh. I've never done anything with that thing. I, I, you can just tell. And it's about fertilization. 
more regularly and then tuning up that irrigation as we go into June, you really should cut that drip emitter off that was right at the base of that plant four years ago, put a T into it, and now replace it with two emitters a little bit further out, go out two, three, four feet from the trunk where it was and go further out where the drip line is. I kind of, in my own irrigation, I try to think, let's say a branch is going out on a big maple tree or, or, or silk tassel tree or, or whatever, it's spruce tree. I try to think that outer from the trunk to the outer branch, if I could put that drip emitter about halfway out that way, that seems to keep them pretty healthy. And so now you might need more than just two emitters at the base of this plant. This plant might need four or five or six because it's now so big. Some of your native plants like Arizona cypress, maybe they don't need any. Your yuccas, cacti, don't need any anymore. You could probably cut it off altogether. So to go through and strategically think through that drip system and adjust it and tune it up is really good for the health of the plants. And it's going to take some pressure off of you. It reduces fire hazards, all kinds of stuff. Cleanup, pruning, just makes the plants healthier. And now's the time to do that before the heat of June comes. And then it'll also play out well for you next winter if we get another dry spell. But tune up those irrigation systems. And that's the reason you're seeing some damage out there in the neighborhood. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week. No, I was going to say garden questions. I've already done that. <laughs> just to share her garden knowledge, just what's going on mm -hmm. in her gardens or with her gardeners that she consults with. So welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So uh, uh, we should let everyone know road construction is done and they've had some major oh, it's like goodness. the gauntlet of cones in front of the gardens <laughs> i think they were replacing all the uh, manhole covers yeah and they just paved them over they didn't i've kind of i've never seen that before but uh yeah. uh it, it's all done lasted a few days of awkwardness and then uh so you don't have to call the garden center anymore anymore and go i'm not coming over unless it's construction's done 
you now know it's done. So <laughs> it's funny how people are. You put one well, cone up or flashing yeah. light, they just go, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm out. Well, I don't blame them. That, and I'm not knocking the companies, but that was a little daunting to come yeah. down that road. And you're like, I just want to turn left. No left turn. They wouldn't let you turn. They just said, no one's doing anything here. You're cruising through. <laughs> It's, I've almost called the mayor going, hey, listen, uh, really, this is uh, not quite right. But uh, yeah. they got over it. It was fine. I didn't it, have to make a phone they, call. They worked fast. They, they worked fast. Done, efficient. So. They were efficient. Mm -hmm. So this is about uh, not us complaining about road construction <laughs> in the cities. So uh, everyone gets to do that. This is about gardening and therapy. And, you know, I got this new Nespresso machine. His yes. coffee is unbelievable. So, I'm so happy. Yeah. So my question is, Yeah. you get a new Nespresso machine. You take it into your office at work. Yes, I at did. At home, we still have this old ancient Keurig machine. Well, it's still, it brews good coffee. My, my machine I had here didn't, this LED screen went out. So uh -huh. I got one because I couldn't read whether it was cooking, brewing, <laughs> self-destructing, not cooperating or what. So I figured okay. it was time. And we had one of those, I think when we were in North, not North Korea, South Korea, I think we had an espresso machine Did in the we? room. Or maybe it was Ireland. It would have been North someplace. Korea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I got nothing over there. So anyway, um, Pretty sure it wasn't. Iron. I liked it, so I thought I'd try it. Yeah. It works. No, I'm happy. Cool. I'm pleased. I know where to come to get a good cup of coffee. You know what, honey? You own one of the largest garden centers in the state. <laughs> Feel free to buy one. It's get one for yourself. I'm too cheap. Okay. And I know. <laughs> yes, it. true. <laughs> gardening. <laughs> Which I'm not cheap about is gardening. I do love my plants. So yes. So gardening. So I've had a lot of people in. Um, talking about how they want to attract more pollinators in the yard. Bees, butterflies, all those things. That hummingbirds. Hummingbirds. The things that help pollinate. And the big uh, hit this past week has just been butterflies. Yeah. You know, and it, it does, you know, I always kind of lose track of when the butterflies come through, when they show up. But you are starting to see quite a few more out there in the yard. So it's a good time to put out things that attracts those butterflies. I agree. You know, I saw swallowtails way early, like mm -hmm. March, April. It was yeah. really early. Then the painted ladies, the little tiny, like half-sized ones, that have orange markings all over them. And then the monarchs show up in May sometime, typically end of April, May. Mm -hmm. And so now kind of everyone's out. All the butterflies are out. Right. So it's kind of fun to watch them. Of course, mm -hmm. a lot of that is all about timing of flowers. Their mm -hmm. nectar, they're, they need a place to, to take in energy. And flowers are their source, and then some water. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll be in kind of mud ponds and yeah. places where they're get, they're getting water and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and all that's available now. Right. Yeah, I did read that if you if you really want to attract the butterflies in, just having a little spot in your yard that has a little really moist, little muddy spot to that. They yeah. love that. Yeah. So were your dogs. Your Labrador Retriever <laughs> go out there and lay right in and go. I'm coming in to lay lay down on that uh, new couch you just got. You happy, mom? <laughs> That's actually our little schnauzer the other day. Did that. There was a big puddle out at the store, actually. And she looked at me, and she just laid yeah. out yep. and flat laid out in it and just looked at me like, deal with that, lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, little booger. But, but are dogs are fun. Dogs are fun. Cats don't so do that. You should become a cat lady. Uh, You're a dog lady. Never I'm mind. A dog lady. Our daughter's a cat lady. But butterflies, you digress. So a little muddy spot 
perfect for them, but also the, a lot of the different flowers that you can put in. So butterflies like landing pads. You know, they're not they're not into the tubular stuff like the hummingbirds are. They like flat landing pad landing pad flowers. They like plaid landing pads. Let's <laughs> see that. Yeah. Uh, moonshine yarrow is oh, yeah. great for that. We've got some new moonshine in that is just gorgeous that bright yellow looks so nice out in the yard we also got one called desert eve red which is a really oh, nice yarrow is, as well mm-hmm. oh nice mm-hmm. okay so super plants got a hot spot put a yarrow in it you got a spot that you it's a little drier maybe than some others that yarrow is perfect for that yeah um the golden sphere coreopsis which is a really round it almost looks like a, a marigold yeah a lot of people confuse them because it just it's just got this really big flower to it. It's absolutely gorgeous, but perfect to put out there for those little little butterflies. And both are yellow, so yellows mm-hmm. and blues seem to attract pollinators better than anything else. Mm-hmm. So you're, those are both yellows that are right. strong. Mm-hmm. Perennials; those are all perennials. Oh, great back every perennials! Year. Great perennials. Pincushion flower is another okay. really good one for the butterflies. Has that real pretty purple, nice little pin. Cushion it looks like too. a pen cushion. The flower does. Hovers, mm-hmm. what, about six, eight inches above the, the foliage. Right. Just kind of wavers, and you'll see a butterfly on there. The winds kind mm-hmm. of blow them around. They're just sitting there eating the nectar. Right. It's fun. Lantana is another great one. So uh, if you want a perennial one, the Miss Huff Lantana, which is kind of an orangey-yellow one. Um, there's also Marianne, which is a yellow-pink one. Very, is that perennial pretty. as well? It is. Oh, Marianne is perennial. I had I had a customer come in, I think last <clears> week, <throat> and she was, is this picture of this huge bush, and we're like, I'm like, well, she was, what is that? I said, well, that looks like the Marianne Lantana. And it was down at the Chino Library. Oh, perfect, yeah. And it was beautiful. Yeah, there you go. Great spot. And tough enough to be, take a commercial oh, yeah. kind of setting where they tend to get neglected more. Right. There's less gardeners taking care of the garden, yeah. so perfect for the Chino Library. Perfect. Take a look. Yes. Um, then we also have this um, perennial milkweed. So the milkweeds, they're not necessarily, they're laying the eggs on it more, right? It's not necessarily that right. they're laying it, getting the nectar out of the flowers and stuff. So we have two perennial ones. We have the Cinderella milkweed uh, and we have the showy milkweed. And those are both perennial. So they're going to come back year after year and they go down pretty cold yeah i think I mean, minus can, 20 or yeah. 15 or something like that really mm-hmm. cold yeah right. and the really the reason they lay eggs on that is the larva will come out and eat the milkweed and as they eat the milkweed they become poisoned to birds so birds won't eat them as long as they're eating milkweed if they eat other stuff birds will go oh delicious <laughs> but milkweed turns them and oh. and that's the reason that uh, monarchs have a certain color mm-hmm. striping it's it's warning to the birds going don't eat me because you know i'm going to be bad i'll give you a stomach ache right now if you eat right now i'll give it because i've been eating milkweed right. in fact some uh some of the uh, varieties of, of of butterflies will take on the coloration of monarchs just because well birds know don't eat this so right. they just kind of it's brilliant just nature is just nature so smart is so smart yeah that is true um, we also have tropical milkweed, oh, yeah. which is a little bit showier in flower. It comes in the red and the yellow. That is a annual one, so you get one season out of it, uh, but still beautiful, and you help the butterflies. So you do. Why not put Pretty it in? Pretty and helping the butterflies. Right. That's great. <laughs> and then, of course, butterfly bush. You yeah, can't. You have to have that. And that, everybody goes, does it really? 
Yes, it does. So we they actually came out with a new one this year. It's called a Sparkler series. That sounds pretty. I it, It's really interesting. So it gets about three to four foot tall. Perfect. Um, but the buds on it, instead of being long and spiky like most of your butterflies, they're kind of round and... Um, oh, pom-pom like. Pom-pom. Oh, like. neat. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Like a sparkler. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> So we have the pink sparkler right now. Uh, really kind of cool, kind of different. So if you've done a lot of butterfly bush and you're like, God, I want something different, take a look at those because they do look different. I like the smaller size butterfly bush because you just don't have to care for them as much. These huge butterfly bush, they'll get 10, 12 feet tall. they, they mm-hmm. got to be cut back really hard, kind of like pampas grass. Right. With these new series, there's no... You don't have to do anything with them. They right. just keep them there and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. All right, Lisa, we are out of time. So okay. great ideas for attracting pollinators, butterflies, bees, hummingbirds to your yard. Here from Waters Gardens. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vine and Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. I have a big shout out on Tuesday. I went to go speak to the Prescott Area Women's Connection. They were out at the Prescott uh, Golf Clubhouse, I think Prescott Centennial Center is what they call that. Great facility overlooking the golf course. It was so nice, but... About 60 gals got together and just, it was kind of like an English tea. They just dressed up, but it was super good. They had me come out and share a few garden tips. It's just, they were highly engaged. They hadn't met for for 18 months. So the first time I'm honored to be one of your first presenters to that that, uh, group of gals. So good. And what I was truly honored with is they allowed me to bring my two daughters. So Mackenzie and Kate joined me at that just going oh the next generation the third generations of of owners of waters garden center they're in training to take over the business and so lisa and i trained for a few years and took it over from her parents and we've run it for quite a few decades and now we're training our kids it's just a huge honor now these 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 family businesses it's it's not a business by any means it's a legacy. It's 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 community. It's 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 we've just been here. We people know us for for decades. Grant, we see multi generations coming to shop here. They their their mom or father shopped here when they bought their first house, and now they're in with their kids and they're shopping for their. It's just fun to see that. That means more than just a buck going through the till. This is this is about 
it's it's heart and soul of the community. And so I didn't mean to go that far deep into things, but your 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 companies, your your small business. I, I don't say shop local. I say shop small because they they give so much. That's not just paychecks or, or keeping the local accounts or attorneys going in your community. They, they provide heart and soul community, just history uh, to to their communities, no matter where you're tuned in from. Anyway, enough. Of course, I'm biased on that. I'm second generation of a small business. But going back to thank you for allowing me to bring my daughters to speak with and, and just show off pretty much as a proud father my daughters to the community. Thanks for having me out there. So this summer is here. I don't think we're going to see frost again, and it would be a freakish thing if that happens. But now is when the summer things really take off. There's a beautiful purple bush right now with a. it's just starting to bloom. It starts to bloom when it's kind of officially summer or close to it. It's called smoke bush or smoke tree. It can be a small, kind of real short tree or tall bush. If you let it go, it can go up to 10, 12 feet tall, mid-teens or so. You can easily keep it down to oh, kind of chest high or so. But in the summer, when it first starts to get warm, when we first start to see the 80s, first part of the 90s, it starts to bloom. And the flower on top of this hovers on top of this plant and it looks really light and airy. And when the sun goes through it, it almost looks like this plant is on fire or smoking. Thus the name smoke bush. It comes mainly in purple. We'll also have a green variety and a lime green, kind of a yellow green variety here at the garden center. But you know that summer's getting close and it's finally warm and it's all driven by soil temperature. That soil temperature, when it gets warm enough, it starts to bloom. You're starting to see uh, rows of Sharon or it's the hardy hibiscus. You're starting to see that one bud up very heavily. It's not in bloom yet, but you know when it's starting to set buds, the soil is finally warm enough for it to take off. Uh, figs. We've got some hardy figs here. This is confusing to some folks, especially those from Southern California, Palm Springs, Phoenix, Tucson. You're used to fig trees. Here in the mountains of Arizona, you need a hardy fig. You need one that can actually take our winters. And even then, they don't grow into trees because certain winters, this winter, last winter being one of them, it burned them back to the ground. So they reset like a perennial back underground. They hibernated. And now they're waiting for it to finally be warm enough. And when it's finally warm enough, you'll start to see suckers or it will emerge. You know, the fig leaves will emerge from the roots from the ground and start to grow. Once it starts growing, you can grow six feet in a year. I mean, it'll go from ground level to head high and load up with figs. That's why you don't see fig trees here. It just resets. You don't see crepe myrtle trees. It does the same thing. So every few years, my crepe myrtles reset. And they hibernate underground. And then they come back fresh from the ground up to... Up to, to so they're just great big bushes instead of a tree form like you'd see in the south, let's say Atlanta or New Orleans. It's beautiful, street lined with crepe myrtles or tree form. Here, they really don't do that. It's just so rare to see that. And so that's the reason why. Certain winters reset them and they, they become a perennial. You're, uh, there's a, a hardy lantana that actually will grow up here. 
and it comes back year after year. But it doesn't operate like it does down in Phoenix. It actually resets. So Miss Huff Lantana, it's a beautiful red and orange, kind of yellow type of, of Lantana. Very hardy, loves the sun, bright, hot sun, big bush. Gets up about, I don't know, just below knee high, kind of spreads out about three, four feet. It's beautiful. Just loves the sun. Butterflies love to light on this. Um, that plant can often reset underground. You're going, oh, it died. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then when it finally gets warm enough and summer's sort of here, you start to see it emerge again from the roots. When it does, it takes off with you know th three, four feet of growth all in one year, just really fast, then blooms nonstop. The beautiful thing when that happens is that they bloom actually better. They'll be loaded, just covered with flowers, covered with figs, covered with, with crepe myrtle, that glow-in-the-dark, bright reds, watermelons, whites. These bright colors are, are stunning because it's taking all that root and putting all the energy into this smaller bush. So it loads up with, with more and bigger flowers. So that's kind of... Watch your summer things. Another one that's uh, just starting to bloom are desert willows. This is a plant that loves the summer. So it, lo it will start blooming now through the end of the year. And there's certain this, you'll see uh, uh, down towards Kirkland, uh, uh, Skull Valley, uh, Baghdad, uh, Dewey, Humboldt. You're seeing this beautiful tree up about, I don't know, 15 feet tall. And it's just starting to load up with, it's called a desert willow. It's a wild native tree. You can buy them from your garden centers. It's a great one for a backyard if you want a shorter tree. And it just blooms consistently summer through fall. Hummingbirds, they love the little orchid-shaped flower. They just think it's, they just love it. Some new varieties out. Now, they've got some newer uh, type of desert willows. We've actually come up with a strain. The native one gets a bean to it. So it'll bloom, set a bean pod, so it can reproduce itself. We've bred that out so that the newer varieties don't form a bean, which means it's not putting energy into the seed. So it repeat blooms over and over. It has more flowers, longer uh, than, than the native variety. The native variety, if you've got one in your backyard or just wild growing up back there, say you're in Mayer and you just have this new, you know, desert willow, and it's starting to form beans. If you pick that bean pot off, it will instantly go right back into blooming. So that's a little trick. You, if you deadhead those spent flowers or the, the seed pods off of your summer plants, quite frequently, they'll repeat bloom. Whether that's a perennial like an echinacea or a gallardia or blanket flower, uh, garas, all these native summer-loving types of plants, if you deadhead that spent flower off, fertilize it. It'll go right back into bloom. It's really stunning. It's because our, our season is so mild and so long here. When it does warm up, it's just a nice mild, which is why we live up here. It's God's country. I mean, why would someone live down the valley where it's just 110 degrees? It doesn't even make sense. That's not, that's not humanity. Without air conditioning, you'll die down there. Come up to God's country. And it just is beautiful. You can be outside, watch a sunset, watch the hummingbirds and butterflies go by, and then deadhead your flowers and watch them repeat bloom because they like it too. All right, we got more in store for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Look. If your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now just remember, if you had some damage from that cold last a few days ago, just fertilize them, clean them up, and they'll come back. They'll grow fast for you. So if they don't come back within, I mean, literally days, I mean, if, they're not, if they're not back by June 15th, June 10th, whatever, uh, make a call on it, pull it out and replace it right away, especially in the vegetable and flower gardens, because you're into the season. If you let it go too long, all of a sudden you're going to have to, you'll be too far into the season. You won't have time to have more flowers or time to have more fruits or vegetables. So sometimes it's just better to call yeah, that that basil really got took it in the chin. Uh, pull that out, put a new one in real quick, so you're you're catching up right away. So kind of do that gardener thing to them, clean them up, talk to them, play them Mozart, pray over them, you know, touch and feel them because they like all that. But if they look really bad, just pull them out and replace them. You know, for five ten bucks, you can have a brand new one. Uh, especially things like dill, cilantro, basil, uh, eggplants, cucumbers. They're really sensitive. It's better just to kind of start over and get a new one just so you're, you're weeks ahead of the schedule of things. Um, I would say also watch your watering. Really, get, you should go walk the yard, turn that system on an extra manually. Just walk it. Make sure you can see that thing watering. You might even have to, if they've been in for a few years, adjust it and, and tune up your irrigation to add another emitter or two. So plants we have, it's been dry, and so we really need, desperately need a monsoon season to take off for my, uh, just to keep the plant health going. But your irrigation can really get them through until that happens. And then watch your natives, your native plants. For me, I've been taking my hose out, and I've got a sprinkler head, just a cheesy fan sprinkler head at the end of the hose. And I've gone out once a month, since they've really grown, so my pinion pines, ponderosas, junipers, and I'm watering those by hand, manually, uh, about once a month, a deep soak. I'll let it run for a few hours, just let it underneath there, really soak that irrigation. And my, my natives look really, really good. If you're not doing that, your natives probably look really, really bad. 
And so they're in danger of bark beetle and scale and all these different things that can happen. They're, they're not used to going with this much, with this lack of moisture so long. And so, but you can, you can nurture that and take care of them. And then throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. And, and if you want to see what we have, what the latest, so we were just unloading two semis of plants last week. We have got a lot of plants. We're going to have a lot of plants. If you want to see if something's available in the store, even before it goes into stock, we're uploading that purchase order into our web store. You can see it. In fact, I had someone, uh, they ordered a triple play apple. These are three F, really specialized, very funky. You're only going to find it here, here at Waters Garden Center. But there's three different types of apples in, a, in the same big bucket. And they're made to be companions. They pollinate each other and then they ripen at different times. And they, they saw it, said, ooh, they got one before it was even in stock. In fact, we, our staff was going, do we have these? I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen this. Where's it at? And so you can see it before anyone else. You are competing a little bit. So we had someone order, what, some Shasta daisies or something. And uh, they've been on the sales floor for, you know, on display at an end cap. They were beautiful in stock. I mean, just in color, beautiful. And they'd ordered one and we just sold out because every cart, they were so pretty, every cart had one. So the folks that are in store kind of get first dibs. We've got notifications. This hint, second you hit the pay button, multiple emails go out to, to the entire team. They go, go grab this quick, run. So we're learning to pick them really fast for you before we run out. But that's top10plants.com. That's the web store. It takes you directly there, top10plants.com. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal, loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it too. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.